Angels and the Los Angeles Angels. Live from Bush Stadium this weekend. Coverage begins tomorrow at 145 Eastern and Sunday at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Chicago, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Weeknights at 7. Glad that you're with us. With open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Hit us up on Twitter, at TweetJHood, at Chris Black in studio with me. With you until 9 o'clock, we'll hear from the Ryan Hollins coming up at 810. His thoughts about the NBA draft. Of course, Ryan Hollins lost a bat. So he is coming on now. For appearance number four of ten on the program. So we will hear from Ryan Hollins coming up. And uh, don't forget, the Under the Hood podcast, wherever you download your podcast, check out Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. You can find the entire NBA draft show that Chris and I did. Almost seven hours of content, including the interview with John Paxson, plus a breakdown of the first and second rounds. As Chris turned to me and said, we're going to talk about the second round? Yeah. So I'm about the second round, Chris. Absolutely. We did the entire draft like professionals. As a matter of fact, uh, we did more content than ESPN television. When you think about it, they were already, they were gone home. Here's what I'm wondering about last night's show. In the history of ESPN 1000, was that the longest podcast posted? <laughs> In the history of this station, was that the entirety of that show, the longest podcast posted? On ESPNChicago.com and the ESPN app. I'm thinking it was. It's pretty close, right? Yeah. Seven hours? <laughs> Limited was. commercial interruption? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think we, we put some content down last night. Yes, sir. Yes. yes. So, listen, if you're an NBA fan, want to relive some of those moments in the NBA draft, uh, we have it for you right there on the Under the Hood podcast as we broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank studio. It's the way banking is supposed to be. <sighs> we are going to hear from Ryan Hollins coming up, but I know that you have some insight on what the Bulls could do here. We talked about not top-shelf free agents because that's not happening for the Bulls. Bulls know it. Bulls fans know it. As much as I'd love to be able to have a conversation with you, Chris, about top-notch free agents that are available coming to Chicago, it's not happening. But there are some other things that they could do. Yeah, so there are some names that I think we should all kind of be aware of over the course of the next couple of weeks heading into NBA free agency. And like you said, Jonathan, it's not the top shelf guys, the Kyrie Irvings, the Kevin Durant's, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard, 
Uh, these are not the names that we're going to go through. Some of the names that I think we should go through, though, uh, Pat Beverly is one that we've all talked about uh, because he's from Chicago. Last year with the Clippers, he made $5 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would fall within range. From what you see online and what you hear, the Bulls will have anywhere from like 18 to like $23 million in cap space heading into free agency based on the roster moves they make before uh, free agency begins. And the one thing to consider is they could use the stretch provision on Felicio right. to create more space, get closer to 30 mil in cap space. But here's the thing you got to always remember with that. If a team is going to stretch provision someone, that means they are going to just outright pay that money to that person. So, like, you can pay the money. It just won't go against the cap. Are the Bulls a team known for just handing out money to a player who's not going to play for them? No. I know they've done it in the past when the situation has dictated that. It happened with Dwayne Wade. Right. I don't see them doing that for Cristiano Felicio because he has 8 mil and 7 mil left on that contract. So you're looking at 15 mil to not play for your team. You know, I, I just don't quite see that happening, but the Bulls could create more cap space. So some names uh, to throw at you, Jonathan. Obviously, Pat Beverly. Um, That's my guy. I want him to, instead of the Derrick Rose story, I like the Pat Beverly story. And Derrick Rose made uh, $2.1 million last season. I would imagine that Derrick's going to make way more in this offseason because he was really good last year. I think he's going to sign a pretty hefty contract. So I'm not sure um, if you're looking at the players like Beverly and Rose and what is worth the price that you have to pay. I kind of feel like I agree with you. Pat Beverly would be a smarter decision because he would cost less. And I, I just I don't need to deal with the Derrick Rose thing yet. Well, you know, nobody like, knows what God. But 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 he, do we have to deal with it yet? It, well, I I want Derrick Rose to come back to the Bulls at his very very end. Yes, yes, I agree. Put his number up in the rafters if sure. that's what you want to do. Whatever you want to do, but I don't think that this statue, is the time. Do you have a statue over there for him? No, not a statue. But if you want to in the atrium, come if you, on. If you want to just roll one up there, you can do that at the United Center. If you want to do that, but that's but but now is not the time. Now is the time because you get you get better value defensively from Pat Beverly than you would with Derrick Rose. Derrick had a terrific season, but Pat Beverly on this team gives you a little bit of uh, some dirt underneath the fingernails, a little bit more intensity, I think, at that lead guard spot. I've heard they like Malcolm Brogdon. He'll be a restricted free agent from the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, obviously, he will get a contract that's probably going to be at least 18 mil a year. So the Bulls are going to be in a tough spot if that's the type of player they're going to go after. To pair with Kobe White, Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, I don't think that that's a likely move. I think the Brogdon and the D'Angelo Russell moves that we were talking about before the draft, I think they've that ship has sailed because you now have a point guard for the future, Kobe White, on the roster. Do you agree with that? I I agree with that. I'm just just thinking about Brogdon when it's 50-40-90 and and playing well. Uh, Milwaukee would definitely want to keep him because he'd be a, a nice key uh, cornerstone piece for that Bucks team. But I know that um, because he's played well, there's going to be some teams going to try to catch lightning in the bottle. Brogdon's nice, but not special. But a lot of times teams will pay through the nose for a team for players that are just playing well just for the moment. The Bulls need some more shooting from three. Uh, here are some names that I'm going to give you, Jonathan. You tell me who you like. Jared Dudley, he made $9.5 million last season. Uh, Wayne Ellington, he made two point, he made $2 million last season. Austin Rivers, $1 million last season. Maybe. Wilson Chandler, he was a $12 million player last year. Any of those names 
attract your uh, attention? No, not really. Really, I, I think Jared Dudley is the only one I would be interested in. I think he's a good uh, role model for these young players. I think he would be a good player to have on this team. And, and okay, I mean that's not so bad. But that's not a name that resonates with me. That says, yeah, for sure. That response was fantastic. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you could do better than that. I mean, uh, Damari Carroll. He made fifteen last year. Man, five years ago, I would have loved Damari Carroll on the Bulls. Yeah, <laughs> but not, but not right now. How about fifteen years ago, Vince Carter? He made two point three million. He wants to play another season. Nice story, but no. Okay, no on Vince Carter. Uh, how about a uh, West Matthews? He made a mill last year. Three point shooter, West defensive Ma- player. West Matthews is interesting for one mill. You could probably get him at a pretty good rate. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting name. Yes, backup West Matthews. Because what we're doing now is we got to fill out the rest of this roster. Exactly. Because you know, like again, this isn't the big ticket item because now you're looking for role players off the bench, shooters from three, guys who can play defense. Uh, maybe uh, they can do multiple things for you. So if you got someone like West Matthews, maybe you could play him in a lineup where you have Zach and you have Kobe out there, and West Matthews is playing your three spot. That maybe that's maybe something that could be out there. How about here's a name for a backup point guard to go along with Chris Dunn, hmm. Corey Joseph. I Last like year he made seven million dollars. Would you like Corey Joseph to be in the mix for a point guard as well? Was with uh, Indiana last year, right? Yep. Corey Joseph, a nice role player, and again, you're looking for some kind of pop off the bench. I got no problem with that. Terrence Ross, JJ Redick. Tobias Harris, any of those names? J.J. Wow. Redick. Now, how much is J.J. Redick worth? I mean, he, he continues to prove himself, was, to, was solid with Philadelphia. So how much is he worth? J.J. Redick last year made $12.5 million. And this was after the year before we had the contract where he was making twenty a year. So J.J. Reich would be kind of the perfect player for this Bulls team. They need a three-point shooter and someone who could play defense. Mm-hmm. That's what J.J. Redick is, a veteran leader. I think he fits the culture as well and what they want to do over there at the Advocate Center. But again, Jonathan, do they have the money to spend on someone like J.J. and outbid other teams? Because a lot of teams that are trying to win are going to go after J.J. Redick. So there's some good names there. I want to go back through some more of those that list. Uh, coming up because there are some names there that can fill out the rest of the roster for the Bulls. I got three good ones. I'll give you in a little bit. Oh, got some more. Yeah, maybe Bulls ties of the past. Okay, all right. Yes, you're listening to ESPN 1000, the ESPN app under the hood with John the Hood with Chris Black, John the Hood with you. We turn now yes. to NBA analyst UCLA Bruin, who said your expectation for Game <laughs> Four is for the if if a healthy Clay is good enough to play, you believe the Warriors will win, right? They absolutely win. They absolutely win. I give you like ten free interviews on the house. Oh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Interview number four. Ryan Hollins joins me, Jonathan Hood, and Chris Black here on ESPN One Thousand. Hello, Ryan. <laughs> What's going on, brother? Well, there it is. <laughs> you talked yourself into it. By the way, still the Toronto Raptors are the NBA champions. I don't know if you know this, but they're the NBA champions. Yeah, there's an asterisk, a big asterisk with that now, by the way. There's a lot of, there's a lot of injuries swirling, okay? <laughs> That's you know not what? I'm a, hey, hey, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a man of my word. And, uh, you know, Clay Thompson was, he was there game four, but, you know, 
Things happen, man. Things happen. I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to let you make excuses on this Friday night. You know what happened, man. The Toronto Raptors won. That's why uh, you have six more after tonight. But I, I want to get your thoughts, <laughs> sir. I want to get your thoughts on, on the draft last night. Um, I, I thought that there was. It was interesting at the the beginning. Uh, there's some work to do for some of these players in the middle, and I thought that it really rallied in the second round. What stood out most for you in the draft? Uh, we talked about Bobo, how far he slipped. Uh, I, I'm interested if there's any attitude problems, uh, if that injury report or uh, those physicals came back with some uh, alarming results. Uh, we we got to think back to guys like Greg Oden uh, that were that were, I mean, high drafted really high and. Uh, you know, Portland took a chance on Greg, and he was good, but his, his body just couldn't last. And then you look at cases like Joel Embiid, who who slipped because of concerns, and they they sit him out two years, and it and it really ends up working out for Philadelphia. I mean, they come. I don't want to say it would have been a title this year, but they they took Toronto further than anybody. It, was, it took a, a game seven and a in a, in a, in a, a eight the seven eight bounce shot to go in. So. Uh, I, I'm really intrigued with the draft. I, I didn't think there were any uh, standout players, but I think there's a lot of good, solid players in the draft. So uh, I, I think I'm excited to see what these kids doing moving do moving forward. But outside of Zion, you really don't see a franchise change during the draft. Kobe White goes to the Bulls at number seven, Ryan. What do you see from Kobe White, and do you see uh, it being a good fit for the Chicago Bulls going forward? Dude, I love that pick, and I know we talked about the Bulls uh, flirting with acquiring Lonzo Ball, and they were really interested. Obviously, we, we, we know what's going on with Chris Dunn, and, you know, he's got some improving to do. But I, I just love Kobe Wallace's, uh his pace, his tempo, uh, the way that he plays, his size. He fits today's NBA. Uh, I, I don't think he's like an explosive scorer off the bounce, but uh, you're going to have to respect his three ball. But I, I just I just love his leadership. You know, there's something about a point guard. Maybe I'm old school. He looks like an old school point guard where he's dribbling up the floor and he's got his head up high, surveying and, and probing. So uh, I, I really like that pick. Ryan Hollins with Jonathan Hood and Chris Black and Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Ryan, um, R.J. Barrett going to the Knicks, he exclusively wants to work out with the Knicks, and so it happens he's with New York. How much pressure is on R.J. Barrett? Because you know how thirsty Knicks fans are for anything good. It's, it's you. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason that they picked R.J. Uh, R.J.'s got a high motor. The kid plays hard. Uh, he's consistent. Basketball means something to him, as we saw. You know, he and his father get emotional yesterday. And you know what? Sometimes just knowing you've got a guy that loves the game of basketball, enjoys what he does, uh, pays off more in the long in the long run, and you're hearing it from a guy who was the the 50th pick in the NBA draft, and a, I, I was nothing more than athleticism, will, and effort. So uh, you really like that from RJ, and uh, I, I'm not mad at the pick by the by the Knicks. Uh, RJ doesn't blow me away. I'll be honest, but I love where this kid's motivation is and the way he's driven. The Hawks moved up and they selected DeAndre Hunter at number four, and then they took at ten Cam Reddish. What did you think about the Hawks draft last night? Dude, Cam Reddish was the steal. Uh, I was very surprised that he didn't go higher. Uh, I know the questions with him are motor, uh, but when I think of Cam, I think of guys like Rudy Gay. Uh, when you see him, he, he physically outside of Zion, I think he was the best prospect in the draft. You know, six eight, six nine, big hands, long. 
you know, potential to shoot it, even though he didn't shoot it too well. Uh, but, but you got to think a lot of these guys and the kids in the right system, the right teaching, uh, you can really pull something out of them. Like Cam was uh, definitely a steal. And when I, guys, when I tell you, I would not be surprised if in, in the next year, this year or the year after, uh, and, and, and I don't know if you want to bet 10 more interviews on this, uh, <laughs> the, Hawks, <laughs> the Hawks will be in the playoffs, brother. Uh, their young nucleus is serious, and they're putting something special there together. So 10 more interviews on the next two years. The Hawks are making it to the playoffs. What are you doing? No. no. What? Wait a minute. I love it. Don't say that, man. <laughs> Why are you doing this, Hans? Why? <laughs> no way! Can't you wait for the development? Why are you putting? Uh, why are you pushing your chips to the middle of the table on the Atlanta Hawks? There's nobody in the building at State Farm. No one's watching them. No, no. Listen, Trey Young. It, no, they are legit. I, I, I swear oh. to you, Atlanta has something really good going on. I watched their team uh, in depth and detail. It's, I, it's odd. Maybe I'm like an Atlanta Hawks fan, the same way that you love the. The Clippers, and you've seen every just about every Clipper game through all eighty-two seasons. <laughs> no, seriously, they are—they're really good, man. I talked to their coaching staff. I talked to Trey Collins, uh, their, their personnel, the front office. I, I, no, seriously, guys, I like what they're doing over there. I, I can I can agree with you, Ryan, because watching them last year on League Pass, they were a team that tried really hard. They just weren't talented enough. They they were competitive in all their games. They just weren't winning games. Yeah, and, and and you know what? In the era of tanking, you get more value of your, out of your players developing. And I'm sure at some point down the stretch, they're probably looking at Trey Young and going, "Yeah, young fella, shut it down a little bit." But they they beat a couple playoff teams. But look, they play. It, it's odd enough. I think you know we talked about what the way that the in the way that the NBA is trending. Well, their big guys shoot threes, but their big guys also roll to the basket. And Trey Young, once he kind of figured out how to, you know, use the weapons that he has, uh, he was he was magnificent last year. So I, I, I'm feeling confident in the Hawks in the playoffs. You're <laughs> unbelievable. It's not, it's, we haven't even gotten a free agency. It's June, and you've already got the Hawks in the playoffs. Also, you got to mention this too, Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce is, looks like the dude that still wears a Bluetooth going to the barbecue. Lloyd Pierce still still with a beeper on the beeper on the hip and the Bluetooth in the ear. Lloyd Pierce, hold on, baby, hold on a second. Hello, hello, hello. I got I got a team to coach. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Ryan. What's up, man? What's up, man? Where is it? Where's the card game, baby? Where's the card game? All right, Dan. All right, Dan. I'll be there. All right, man. It's that peace tree. Come on up. Dude, the thing about Lloyd, Lloyd's background is in player development. Yes. So, as a coach, you're seeing those guys get better as the year goes on, and it's not just that they're getting accustomed to the NBA. They're making the right reads. They're improving. They're shooting the ball better. So, I, I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's a great fit for the Hawks. <laughs> guys, the next two years, the Hawks will be the playoffs. Oh, my God. And then another 10, <laughs> yeah. another 10 appearances yeah. on the program in, in April. I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Football season. Here comes uh, Ryan Hollins. Oh, my God. So, so Ryan, I, we do want to ask you about the, the Boston Celtics. This is a, a situation here where 
on the surface, to every NBA fan, oh, Brad Stevens, look at that basketball genius, Danny Ainge, look at all the draft picks. He's got all the, 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 all these scratch-off tickets. He's got all the scratch-off tickets you need as far as draft picks. But now look at the organization without Kyrie Irving, with Al Horford leaving. How do you see the Celtics now? A bunch of draft picks, but what's the future? Man, maybe that Anthony Davis trade looked pretty good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I like uh, Jalen Brown and Tatum. I, I think those those are two keepers. Those are rotational players, uh, if not potential stars, uh, in the NBA Finals. Those those are those are cornerstones of a franchise. Uh, the question is, guys, uh, are they mature enough? Are they ready for the moment? Last year, they they weren't. And I want to compare Kyrie Irving's leadership to that of Kobe Bryant, to where, you know, Kobe would kind of look over at another guy. So on the basketball and go, yeah, hey, we'll go get busy. You know, I, I, I spend, you know, two a days, three a days in the gym and, and I'm going to go get busy. And if, and if you can't do what I can do, you know what? I'll take the shot because I have the best shot available on the team. And guys that are that talented, like Kyrie Irving, it's tough to look over at another guy and find out he hasn't made it to your level yet. And there was just never a connection between Kyrie and the team. And now without him, uh, and without Al Horford's leadership, those guys are kind of well. All right, well let's let's see how good you are, Rozier. Let's see how you, good you are, Tatum. And you're going to really find out uh, what they have to offer. But I, I, I absolutely love those kids. I love their talent. And now they're going to be they're going to be put to the fire. But uh, make no mistake, they they have a lot of needs. And you know this draft didn't help them out. It wasn't. I, I mean, really outside of the number pick number one and two. I'm not ecstatic about what you there. There's a lot of good uh, rotational players that were drafted. Ryan, when you look at that Celtics team, do you think that it's kind of a uh, a cautionary tale to the rest of the league that when you stockpile all these young assets and draft picks, that like even though it didn't work out this one time, that you can't just bank on these young players developing? I think a lot of people kind of thought that outside of Kyrie and the drama that they had this last season, that these young players would have taken another step, but they didn't. You know, like, so, like, is that one of those things where Danny Age should have cut his losses while he had? And I know that the AD trade is long but over, but, like, should other teams, including Chicago, look at what they have and say, all right, in a couple of years here, we need to figure out what we actually have and what we can move on for something that we know we can get? Man, that's really a great point. And, uh, you know, Danny Ainge was such a role on such a role. I had compared him to, and especially with the Isaiah Thomas trade, he was, he was the guy at the poker table that is going to fold every bad hand, and he's not going to hold on or go chasing a straight or a flusher. You know, he's going to make the right play every time, even if it is emotionally charged. And uh, he kind of he got caught up in this last year. And to me, no one talks about this. The biggest mistake that Danny Ainge made, the biggest mistake he made, is that he got in the talks for the Anthony Davis trade. And we always talk about Anthony Davis ruining the Pelicans, ruining the Lakers, Dale Dimps, Magic Johnson, how horrible that worked out. Well, guess what? Danny Ainge was just as guilty as Magic Johnson. They should be calling for his head. You want to know why? When you're telling somebody, making it public news, that Boston is aggressively pursuing Anthony Davis and we have the best package in assets for him, Guess what the guys in the locker room are doing? Guess what Tatum and Brown are doing? And Rozier, they're looking around at each other and going, those assets are me. You know what? Forget Danny Ainge. 
You know, forget Kyrie. I'm selfish. I'm going to go out and get my own because you guys are talking about trading me. And the Boston Celtics were extremely, extremely affected by those rumors this year. So I, I thought he messed up on a number of different fronts. And don't get in the media. Don't get behind something or deny it if you're not ready to step through. And that was the same mistake Magic made. He just opened his mouth too, too much. And his head was in the right place, but he opened his mouth too much. And Danny Ainge, by just not getting in front of those things or, or pulling the trigger, ends up hurting his uh, organization, hurting his roster. That's good stuff, man. I, the, I think that this offseason is going to be really intriguing like it always is. I love the offseason in the NBA. And uh, we'll talk to you Monday uh, because uh, you still got <laughs> <laughs> you still got more to give, my friend. And then, and then, oh, then tack on another 10 at the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> have 22 wins this upcoming season. It's going to be great. <laughs> Sorry, my man. Yes or no, you ever, you ever hung out with, with a Lloyd Pierce type with the, with the, with the Bluetooth in his ear and a beeper? <laughs> I don't care what race, color, creed you are. You see the black man with a beeper or a Bluetooth walking around. And unfortunately, you know, the bigger the small size. And it's just, hey, listen, that is a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Talk to you Monday. <laughs> there he is. Ryan Hollins. <laughs> so great. Still. It's so back. So funny. <laughs> he keeps backing himself into these things. Like, I texted uh, this to you the other day. When he comes on with you, he knows that he walked himself into this situation. So when you give the introduction and you play the audio of him mm-hmm. giving the prediction and then saying he'll come on for 10 straight interviews, he's already laughing when he comes on the air with you. It's so funny. Because <laughs> he knows how ridiculous it's so this great. is. And then doubles down on a bad Atlanta Hawks team. <laughs> That's just the best. Oh, man. What a special night for the NBA with the draft last night. And they have someone that's going to be the face of the league in very short order. We'll tell you who that is coming up next on Under the Hood. You're listening to my mans and them. Just some men that's on the mic. And when we rock up on the mic, we rock the mic. Right? Jay Hood. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Got some Cub fans here right outside the first Midwest Bank studio. And the Mets won today over the Cubs as we keep you company here until 9 o'clock. You got a special event taking place uh, tomorrow. Yes, I do. Uh, Join ESPN Plus for a UFC fight night watch party tomorrow night at Twin Peaks and Oak Brook Terrace. Black and Abdallah. Yep, I'll be there. Whoa. We will host all the action from 7 to 9 tomorrow night. Get this, Jonathan. We are giving away a trip for two to Las Vegas for UFC 239 on July 6th. The trip includes airfare and a two-night stay at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Tickets to UFC 239, a VIP behind-the-scenes tour of ESPN's coverage of UFC 239, and two tickets to Godsmack. At the joint at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. So it's good. It'll be a great night. Come on out to Twin Peaks, Eats Drinks, and Scenic Views. I like that. That's going to be good. Yeah, so tomorrow night from 7 to 9, come on out. Yeah, Oak Brook, let's got, do it. You've got nothing going on on Saturday. Come on out and see Chris and Adam. Two great guys. They love to talk to you about sports and, and stuff. 
It's definitely, definitely a lot oh, of yeah. stuff. Yeah, for sure. If you want to ask Abdallah about shoes, he's a big shoe guy, a music oh. guy as well, if you didn't know. Uh, so music, shoes, sports, UFC, we'll do it all tomorrow night, 7 to 9. Glad you're with us here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Chris Black at TweetJHood. One of the, the things that stood out to me about the draft, Chris, is the fact that we saw what I would believe to be possibly one of the faces, the future faces of the NBA. You can make the argument about Durant or LeBron James or Russell Westbrook or whomever you'd like when it comes to the face of the NBA because there's plenty of them. It's not narrowed down to one. But Zion Williamson did something for sports, not basketball, for sports that we haven't seen in a long time. And college basketball has not had a face of the sport. And the reason why is because these players are just freshmen and then they go to the draft. You see them for a, f- a few games and they're gone. Zion Williamson captured the uh, imagination of sports fans. It was it transcended college basketball, it transcended basketball because people were concerned about him when he blew out of his shoe. People were con- looking at Zion Williamson as, man, this guy is 6'8 and 280 pounds. No one's seen anything quite like that, that package. So I think that Zion Williamson, who got a chance to talk to Maria Taylor after he was uh, drafted, is just so grateful to be in this spot. Well, Zion, certainly the moment we all anticipated, but you've been waiting for this moment since you were five. How would you describe being the number one overall pick in this draft? I mean, I don't know what to say. I didn't think I'd be in this position. My mom sacrificed a lot for me. I, w- I wouldn't be here without my mom. She did She did everything for me. I just want to thank her. Your mom was your coach when you were coming up. She coached you until you were 14. What are the sacrifices you feel as though she made for you? She put, she put her dreams aside for mine. She always looked. She always looked out for her, her family, friends, and words. So, and Zion, I know you said it, you didn't believe that you would be here in this moment. When did that belief change? Was it shaking the commissioner's hand and officially being the pick? Yeah, I don't even see a real. I just shook his hand. I dreamed about this since I was four, and for it to actually happen, I just thank God for it. <laughs> Get out of here, Kawhi. Right, Nobody yeah, asked yeah. you to uh-huh. ruin the moment. Well, let me ask you this Kawhi about Kawhi everywhere. Leonard and uh, Zion Williamson. If you uh, lay out and you take a, a look at the National Basketball Association and you look at star power in the NBA, how many names from the top down do you have to go until you get to Zion Williamson and he has yet to play a game in the league? Well, it's a, it's a good point because there are players that we all know, but there is when you're the number one pick – and, and you've done something. Again, not a national champion, but think about all that he's accomplished and not a national champion, being a face for the sport. You haven't seen anything like this since maybe Magic Johnson. Maybe we have to take a look at maybe Melo when he was at Syracuse, but not necessarily capturing the nation. You capture college basketball, but capturing the nation, Zion's a little bit different in that regard. To me, there's only one name that comes close to that, and he was no nowhere near the the talented player that he was in college football than he was in the NFL, Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. What Tim Tebow did in college football, he was a national phenomenon. That's much like what Zion Williamson did at Duke. Now, I think Zion Williamson is actually more famous than Tim Tebow, if that could be, if that's possible. But Tim Tebow, the moment he stepped into the NFL, we saw the flaws in his game. We knew that he couldn't be an MVP-level type player 
in the National Football League. Where Zion Williamson, I think there is a hope that he can be at least a top 10 player in the league at some point if he reaches his potential. So that's why I ask you, if you go down the list of the top players in the league, LeBron, Durant, James Harden, Steph Curry, Giannis, how many do you have to go to before you say, ah, that guy's actually not as famous as Zion Williamson? Kawhi Leonard, is Kawhi Leonard more uh, famous, noteworthy, uh, Q rating compared to Zion Williamson, I would probably argue that that's a toss-up. Zion was probably ahead of Kawhi until the championship. Until the championship. Yeah. Um, so you get Kawhi. Uh, what else do you have? Joel Embiid. Zion's probably more famous than Joel Embiid. I would say there was a lot more spotlight on him than Joel Embiid. Anthony Davis? The player that just left the Pelicans, replaced by someone who's more famous than him? Well, Anthony Davis is perfect for this Lakers team because he's a beta personality. He was at, I mean, outside of the, the brow, not much marketing around Chicago's own Anthony Davis. And I, you know what? I think Davis likes that. I think he likes to be able to get, to man, get his production, get his buckets, win games, love to win a championship, I'm sure, but not to the point where you look at him and say, boy, that's the marketable guy. It's not about New Orleans. It's about the person. See, the, 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 the feeling is, is that depending on the market, that really makes the man. Oh, the man makes the market. Yeah. The player makes the market more so than, well, he's not in LA and not in Chicago and New York. So that means that he won't be famous. That's the case. If you're a personality, if, if you are willing to give yourself like Joel Embiid and be a personality, um, that helps your team and helps yourself. Kyrie Irving, Dame Lillard, Russell Westbrook. Are any of those guys less famous than Zion, Zion Williamson? They're Dame, probably all at the same level, right? Yeah. Dame Lillard, though, he's got bars. I think he's, that, got, I he's think, got bars. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so that, that gives Marvin him a, Bagley. He, did he hear about that last night? He did. Okay. He did. Um, uh, Kyrie, probably less famous than Zion, don't you think? Across the country, Q rating, when you take a look at it. Russell Westbrook's in a lot of uh, nationally uh, big brand campaigns, mm-hmm. Sprite, different things. So Russ is out there. Um, he also has a pretty big social presence. But like that that's what I think is interesting about Zion Williamson is all eyeballs will be glued on him from the start. Right. And he's a star already because of his personality and what he did on the basketball court at Duke. But he's a personality too. The smile, the, the, the emotion, uh, the he production. says, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's a great story. And what happened last night, number one to the Pelicans, it's a great story for the league. Along with Chris Black, Jonathan Hood with you and Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Follow us on Twitter at Chris Black at TweetJHood. Here's something I want you to listen to. 38 seconds of David Griffin. Hmm. He's the general manager for the New Orleans Pelicans. Griff has done a terrific job. He's my, he was my colleague on Sirius XM NBA radio. Great partner to work with. And it's one of those things where you know he's got the knowledge. You know that I could text him and find out information. At least I could. Not anymore. Oh, uh, that, that's been turned off? That's completely shut down now. Anytime that I'm working with someone on the radio, right, on on NBA radio, yeah. and they get a job, yeah. all of a sudden they don't know you anymore. They, yeah, well. or, or the text is really, really short <laughs> because they're busy, right? Well, Griff is someone I worked with and, who I respect, and I knew he was going to get back <laughs> in the league. But but here's a guy that was on NBA TV and on SiriusXM talking about Anthony Davis and what he would do. He already laid it out. He's like, here's what I would do. And now it's become reality. Davis is a Laker, and now you see all the draft picks and you see the uh, movement for the Pelicans, right? So listen to what Griff said about 
how it's our job to build around Zion. For us, like one of the most important things is he's not supposed to be the savior of the franchise, right? This is Drew Holiday's team, and we're going to continue to build a team in that image, and Zion's going to contribute to winning, we hope, at a very high level. But it's not on him to win games. It's on us to build a winner and for him to be a part of that. This is Drew's team, and so we're going to need to add veteran pieces as we go through free agency that contribute on that timeline. We want to raise all of our young players in an environment and a culture of winning. We don't believe in the idea of of getting higher draft picks. We want them to experience winning basketball as quickly as possible, and so that's what we'll do. <laughs> now that now juxtapose that with our conversation with John Paxson last night. Now think about it. Yeah, think about what he said there. First of all, he already crowned Drew Holiday the face of the team, and rightfully so. I trust Drew Holiday. I think he's a terrific player. Davis is not there. It is Holiday's team. Secondly, in that soundbite, talking about we're not worried about trying to stockpile draft picks. Yeah, we're trying to win here. I mean, in New Orleans, he's just he's putting it out there. John, because he's had so much um, underachievement and a lot of lousy records and a lot of injuries, he can't say the same. And I know it's tough to to kind of uh, think about this uh, because they, you know that Zion Williamson is on one of the teams and not the other. But which team will get it done first? The Bulls or the Pelicans? I have more faith in the Pelicans being a winning basketball team before the Bulls, don't you? The Pelicans will be in the playoffs before the Bulls. Probably. Probably this next year. Would you be surprised if the Pelicans made the playoffs this year as the eighth seed? With Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, their defense is going to be ferocious. You know, Drew Holiday is probably the best on-ball guard defender in the league. Look at Lonzo Ball. He brings that same thing to the table. And you know already that that's going to be one of the things Zion brings to this group as well. So they're going to be all over the place. You add in the fact that they get uh, Jackson Hayes. I'm not a fan of it, but you are. So. A, a lot of length to go with Zion Williamson. So he's going to be able to clean up anything behind Zion Williamson. And Zion's already there to block shots to begin with. Right. So how do you score on this team? Um, and I like what uh, Griff said there because uh, I agree with him. They didn't want to get used to losing. They want to win and they want to learn how to win. And how do you do that? By trying. That's right. They're not waiting around for something to help them. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, I think, where we've gotten to the stage for the Bulls. We've had some time to kind of wait around and kick things around and, okay, you know, maybe uh, we'll get a Zion. What? Maybe we'll get that number one pick and maybe it didn't happen. The number one pick didn't happen. You have to go out and make it. I know that the Pelicans got lucky. They got that lotto ball. They, it, it happened for them. That's different, but still got to go out and make it. Look at the Hawks. The Hawks didn't win the lottery. They look like a team that is kind of set up to make a run. And I understand Hot Take Collins uh, 15 minutes ago told us that he thinks they're going to make the playoffs. Right. I'm not that high on, on the Hawks, but you can see the pieces that they're building. Right. It started and with it, Trey Young and, and now. it makes sense. Yeah. Herter, Collins, Trey Young, what they did last night, DeAndre Hunter, then you get Cam Reddish. They have pieces in place and they're moving in a good direction. You understand that? And again, the, you're right. The lottery ball was lucky for New Orleans twice. Anthony Davis and now Zion Williamson. But the point is, is that what he said there in that 38 second sound by David Griffin, uh, takes balls because there's so many general managers that will just go by the process. Like, well, we've got Zion Williamson. Hold on now. We got to develop him. You got time for that. Like he's like, and, and the other thing too, look at the, the situations where you had high draft picks 
where a general manager said, okay, well, we're going to bring in veterans around the young guy, so the spotlight's not totally on him. In a moribund New Orleans, Louisiana, where it's a football city and a football state, here is Zion Williamson coming in as the number one pick, but doesn't feel like the whole weight of the state, the whole weight of the of that of that area is on his shoulders. It's Lonzo Ball's got to prove something. Josh Hart wants to be able to fit in. Brandon Ingram, who I'm a big fan of, wants to be able to show something. These Lakers that are now on this Pelicans team have a chip on their shoulder. So along with that, and then Zion comes in, he just tries to fit in and does what he does best, and it's not all on him to get the Pelicans to the playoffs. Add in the face of the franchise, Drew Holiday, that you just heard right there. Uh, Anthony Davis didn't want to play with him anymore. You don't think Drew's going to have a trip on his shoulder? You know what I mean? Like, he and AD were a pretty good combo. Anthony Davis didn't want anything to do with any of them. Don't you think the Pelicans want to prove people wrong? The fact that, you know what, AD wanted to leave, but we're actually a pretty good damn team. You know what I mean? Like, like I think that's where the Pelicans... We're not your usual team that bottoms out and gets the number one pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's not, they weren't the Knicks losing for the last 20 years. Like, this is a team that had the, the ability to draft Zion Williamson, but they have some pieces in place to add to it. Jonathan Hood. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I would ask tomorrow, y'all thought it was Rennie. On ESPN 1000. Maybach music. You're listening to my mans and them, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app with Chris Black, Jonathan Hood with you. We had a, a fun uh, draft show last night, another two hours tonight. Yeah, a uh, record for ESPN 1000, the podcast from last night's show, a seven-hour podcast as we went through the NBA draft live. It was a great time, and tonight was fun as well. Uh, come on out and see me tomorrow night, Twin Peaks in Oak Brook. Abdallah and I will be there from 7 to 9, trip to Vegas. What about Sunday morning? Sunday morning, I'll be with Abdallah too. Okay, Sunday morning. 8 to 10. 8 to 10. Right here. Sunday morning. I'll be on Saturday and Sunday here on ESPN 1000, Saturday afternoon at 4.30, and then on Sunday, 3 to 5, part of Dickerson and Hood. I'm going to be listening on the way out to Oak Brook. Oh, no. And then you know me. On Saturday on Sunday afternoon, I'll be listening as well. Our thanks to you for listening. Our thanks to uh, Ryan Hollis for being with us. Show produced by Sean Davis on the other side of the glass. For Chris Black, this is Jonathan Hood. We'll talk Saturday. We'll talk Sunday. If not, let's do this Monday at 7 right here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Jonathan Hood. I'm so good. On ESPN 1000. <laughs> the bonus. <laughs>